Now we begin our message today, and I would like to pray and open that up with a prayer. Father, I want to thank you for giving me the tongue of the learned, that I may know how to speak a word in season to them that are weary, and that my speech and my teaching and preaching is not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but with demonstration and manifestation of the spirit and a power. Therefore, Lord, I commit to give you alone all the praise and the glory and the honor for what will take place this day and also in the many days to come. In the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's wonderful people said again, amen. If you would open your Bible uh, to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to continue our study on living from the inside out, living from the inside out. Actually, this teaching is about the Holy Spirit. And we're going to begin to get into more about who he is and his role in our lives. Oftentimes, when people hear about the Holy Spirit, they think of him as the one that allows us and helps us speak in tongues or maybe do some special things or act up and run around, run around the church and stuff like that. I'm not sure the Holy Spirit requires folks to run around the church at all. That's probably people, people just excited. But I want to go a little deeper about his role. He works from the inside out. All the wonderful things that the scriptures tell us that the Holy Spirit accomplishes through men and women in the earth is a result of what he's able to first accomplish inside us, meaning inside your spirit, inside your mind and your thinking, but inside, principally in your spirit. Because you are a spirit, I'm a spirit, every human being is a spirit. We have a mind and we have a, a, a body. So God looks at your spirit as the focus. Your mind plays an important part because it's the gateway and how we think and what goes into our heart. But I want to encourage you. What happens on the outside in our life is a direct result of what happens and what God is able to do or not able to do in our heart on the inside. And I'll talk about what he may not be able to do as well because that's the issue. We're not always thinking about, especially as believers who are following Christ, that we can be hindering God and his power operating, not just to do lay hands on the sick, not just to do miracles, but to let God do a work and a miracle work in our hearts, in our hearts. We're going to talk more about that today. Yes, a lot of people are angry for a lot of reasons, not just what's going on with the injustices, but people are just frustrated. Why I can't wear a mask? Why I got to be staying quarantined? why I can't go to church and why I have to wear a mask at church and all those things. Even if whether you, you, know, you appreciate what's going on with the coronavirus and what the government is doing, you got to be careful. We start taking in things that are not good for our spirit and what happens, it'll come out sooner or later and it won't be good. Look at here at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. For which cause we faint not. Faint means like, oh, <laughs> You know, faint person faints and they kind of black out for a moment. For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, meaning you're getting older, this body's getting older, it's aging, it's perishing. It is perishing. We may not want to think about it, but it is getting older and perishing. Our outward man is perishing. Notice the outward man, this piece. But yet the inward man is renewed day by day. But notice the first part of that verse. For which cause we faint not. To avoid fainting, to avoid, 
not just only having a blackout, but just getting tired, just giving up. Sometimes life can be so bad and so difficult, it'll, it'll get to the best of us. You can only hold so much inside of you, my friend. And some, sooner or later it's going to come out and it won't all be good if you're not putting good in you. Sometimes the stresses of life and circumstances can take its toll on people, good people. So how do we address it? We have to keep pouring good things inside of us, the word of God, and also the role of the Holy Spirit to work in us. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Because without his help, the word and the Holy Spirit, he's able to strengthen us. If we don't get that help, we're weak in dealing with the affairs and issues of life. We had recently a, a wonderful teaching and a Zoom call with married couples and about love and how to relate and how to deal with situations that are awkward between married, married couples. But you know what? Some people get to a place where they're faint and they walk away. They're Christians. They're good people. They went, got married with good intentions, but they didn't keep building up themselves, building up themselves on the inside so they can have the strength and the wisdom to cause their marriage to work and not walk away. Yes. doesn't make you a bad person, make you a stupid person. It, it makes that on the inside you're not strong enough and get the help that you need from the Holy Spirit to help you overcome challenges that everybody faces at some level in their life. That's the issue. We can't avoid it. You can't avoid it. It's the sin in the world. Things happen. Unexpected things happen. So we need to be able to make sure that we're doing what we're doing and understand how God operates from the inside out. Say from the inside out. From the inside out. Okay. You see, the Holy Spirit strengthens you from the inside out. Why? So God, who is love, can work his will and purpose through you. You see, God wants to work his purpose and his will through love. Yes, through love. I'm not talking about the mushy love. Because the Bible says God is love. If he's love... When God shows up, guess who shows up? Love shows up. So if love not showing up, guess what? Somehow God is pushed to the side. He's not showing up. And guess who's in control of whether God shows up and love shows up? It's us. And oftentimes it's a result of what we put into ourselves deliberately or expose ourselves to what we chose to believe. And that begins to impact our spirit, and it comes out sooner or later. That's what the Bible says in Matthew 12. Jesus is talking about, he says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The mouth speaks. So what comes out of your mouth is an indicator of what's inside your heart. And if you don't like what's coming out of your mouth, check your heart and also get the help of God so Jesus can heal your heart. That's one of the roles, again, of the Holy Spirit and his power. You see, when Jesus announced his earthly ministry, in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Holy Spirit is upon me. Now, he spent 40 days and 40 nights in fasting. And when he came off that fast, he was anointed with great power. And then he announced when he found himself in scripture, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel and to heal the broken hearts. He's not talking about, you know, the kind of imagery, love heart we talk about. No, the spirit of man. The real you. 
broken hearts. Now, think about it. Why would he come to heal broken hearts? Because it's a common area of pain and disruption in people's lives. When a person is having their heart really broken, they're not going to be able to allow God to work through them and show love. Even loving themselves. Less more, loving others. They're frustrated, got attitude. I get it. But God can change it. God can change it as we, look, we start thinking about more inside-minded. Too often we're on the outside, how we look, you know, hair done. I get it. Clothes, you know, all the stuff. I get it. But God will have us to focus more on what goes on in the inside and be attentive to it and make sure we're strengthening ourselves to be strong, not only with the power to minister to other people, but allow me and you to be a better person so God can work through us. When Jesus saw the multitude of the people, he could have said, there's too many of you, go home, go away. But you know what the Bible says? He had compassion on the multitude. And you know what he said? He made an observation. They're like sheep without a shepherd. They're wandering aimlessly. These are people that need help in their life. He saw the pain, and he saw what they needed. And that's shortly after that verse, he appointed apostles to go and minister to them. He said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. He'll send forth laborers into the harvest. Why? Because he saw need in people's hearts and their lives. They're wandering around. People are doing that. They're confused. And sometimes they're Christians. Listen to all kinds of isms out there. Let's stick with the word, my friend, and embrace the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, we can become casualties too. Even pastors, even preachers. Yeah, even preachers' kids. Children, yeah, sometimes you hear things about preachers' kids. It's because their hearts get hurt and they have not gotten healed. Yeah, they talk about church hurt. A lot of those are kids that grew up in church. Why? Their heart's not here. Why do you keep talking about it? You don't go to church no more anyway. Why do you keep talking about it? Church hurt. Got it all on Facebook because their heart is still not healed. Think about it. Why do you keep talking about that old ex-husband, that old ex-wife? You don't even see them. Your heart hasn't been healed. Somebody said, I'm about to the party. I'm not going. Your heart hasn't been healed. And guess what? God cannot fully operate the way he wants through us when we're not healed. And that's what he's talking about, about love. Look at uh, St. John chapter 4. Let's go there and go into de detail about what I like to call the other love chapter. The one we like to talk about is 1 Corinthians 13 as a love chapter, but this is an even more detailed love chapter. I'm going to highlight some of it. I encourage you to read the entire chapter on your own. 1 John chapter 4 is powerful. And take time to read it and go through it over and over again. Look at these key words and key phrases. Do you realize God takes love seriously and he works from the inside out? It says here in verse 4, you are, you are of God, little children, and have, have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Wow. Now, we should sing that song years ago. Greater is he that is in you. Greater is he that is in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Made nice. Good, wonderful song. But the issue, the point to think about is he that is in us, the Holy Spirit, 
but he has a role to play to help us strong. He's great by himself. He's mighty by himself. But he has a role to play inside of us to make us better, help us mature, help us become the man or woman God has destined for us to be in this world with our families, those around us. Yeah. Sometimes you run into people that are always grumpy, not happy, won't smile. It's a heart issue. It can happen to the best of us. I understand. Things happen, take us on a trip, and we're us, whoa, all messed up. We need to get our heart healed. And Jesus is the one that does it. And one way how he does it with the word of God, but also allowing the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Holy Spirit will help you become stronger. We're going to talk about how he does that. And part of it, the result of it is the love that goes out of us to others. See, we can be selective about who we choose to love. Yeah. Who we choose to forgive. That's not God's way. He said, bless those that, that come against you, despisefully use you. <laughs> Don't curse them. Bless them. Yeah. Why well, it's difficult? We're not healed. We're not allowing the Holy Spirit to help us. See, one of the reasons why people don't understand when they don't embrace the entire ministry of the Holy Spirit, yes, we're speaking in other tongues. We'll talk about that a, few, a little bit later, how he strengthens us on the inside. Then you don't get the help that you need because it's spiritual fortitude. It's spiritual fortitude to not speak certain things when you know you shouldn't and you want to. <laughs> you ah, I better not say that. Ah, but you better not say that. We just got to grow some more, that's all. But it's not that simple. You got to embrace the Holy Spirit's ministry and allow him to do his thing, if you would, in your heart so you can be the man or woman that God has called you to be. Let's read it again. Here in 1 John chapter 4, verse, uh, let's look at verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of that and knoweth God. Notice what it says again. Beloved, let us love one another, to, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. So those that love, God's love, is born of God and knows God. Wow. Well, it makes sense. God is love. So they're, 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 they're together. They're one. God is love. He didn't say he just loves. He isn't. Think about that. God is love. And when we love like God loves, we know him. We know how he does things. We have a better appreciation of why we should have good mercy on people. Yeah. Because God's been merciful to us. Look at verse 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Wow. Now, some may love selectively sometimes, but he that loves not knows not God. Wow. Why? For God is love. <sighs> See, we all need to look at from time to time a heart check in our heart. Because this is about the Holy Spirit moving in our lives. He's been sent very specifically to empower us, to strengthen us. Not just be able to brag about, I speak in tongues, I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Well, we'll see how it works out in life. How you handle conflict. How you handle disappointment. 
No, it's not, again, not to put anybody down. I've, I've missed, missed it in, in my life over the years, multiple times. But I began to look at, I need to strengthen this area in my life. Yeah. Because if I want the outcomes God has in store for my life to be a blessing so he can work through me to other people, I've got to strengthen my love walk. I have to grow. I have to be strong to say no to certain things. Yeah. In fact, the Bible says about maturity and, and, and the love again, the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. When I became a man, I put away, I put away, I just stopped doing it. Put away childish things. It's the immaturity that we maintain because we have not been strengthened on the inside and maintain that. Yeah, we have to keep growing in this area. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about living life from the inside out and the role of the Holy Spirit in helping us do that. And this is an area we don't really, we don't connect oftentimes the role of the Holy Spirit with being strong in the Lord in love. Yeah. You think about it in the power and speaking in tongues. All that's part of it. But my friend, if all the speaking in tongues don't make you a better person, it's not helping you. You're not going deep enough. You're just maybe doing it for show every now and then. Let him go deep and understand the connection. And then you'll decide, this is one of the attributes God looks for in my life. If God is in me, love is in me. And I love others. Love one another, he said. Beloved, let us love one another. For lovers of God and everyone that loveth. Notice everyone that loves is born of God. Yeah. Look at verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. That's part of the gratefulness. Yeah. You know, one of the parables Jesus had about this, this servant he called for mercy, and his, and his, and his master gave him mercy uh, to, to have work out his debt and so forth. And then he went back and, and, and took somebody else and owed him some money and put him in jail and treated him very bad. And so somebody tore it off on him, told the master, and he said, I forgave you, and you wouldn't do the same? Jesus is speaking in red letter. He's illustrating what God does for us, we ought to do for others. Yeah. Is he gracious? Is he long-suffering? Is he patient? Is he kind? He's loving. So we receive that God is all that to us. I know some people don't think God is that nice and he, why God let this happen because we don't, we don't know how to live this life. That's why God allows everything to happen. Unless somebody prays, they ask him to intervene. Yeah. We have a part to play. Amen. Look at verse 12. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, notice the loving one another. That's common in scripture. One another. Fellowship with one another. Yeah. Loving one another. Ministering one to another. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. So his love becomes perfected in us as we love one another. Yeah. You know, you learn to forgive again. I did it five times. Do it again for the sixth, seventh, and hundredth time if you need to. Yeah. Yeah. You see, we all can grow in these areas, myself included. My hand goes up. 
One reason why I'm talking about this is because I see, I see God wants to do more in my life and the life of others. And I see oftentimes this is an area where people trip up and they wonder why God is not doing more in their life. They're not letting the Holy Spirit do his part and play his role in our lives to strengthen us, to guide us as he speaks to us. We'll listen to him. We don't grieve the Holy Spirit by the things we do and how we say and how we treat other people or even one another or ourselves. That can grieve the Holy Spirit. And yet he is powerful inside of us. <sighs> yeah. But we have to allow him to go to work and perfect us. And one way how he perfects us, our love is perfected by us loving one another. Let's read it again. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, other brothers and sisters, and even relatives or co-workers, they may not be Christians, love other people. God dwelleth in us. And, and his love is perfected as we love one another. Amen. Let's chew on that for a bit. This is the kind of message, you know, if it's not a hooping and a hollering, excited, oh, but if you receive it, it'll bless you. You walk in it, you walk in the blessing of God. You walk in the favor of God. We said it earlier last, last week. Now unto him, that's Ephesians 3.20, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. That's the power of the Holy Spirit, my friend. He'll go far beyond what you can ask or think. He'll bless you, not just bless with things, give you favor, give you support, give you friendships. A friend that sticks closer than a brother or a sister. <laughs> yeah. All that is a result of how we grow and how we represent God. And, and a key part of representing God, you can't represent God without bringing love. Yeah. You can't represent God without bringing love to the table, my friend. That's the way it is. God is what? Love. So if you got love, God, and if you don't have love, God is on, uh, somewhere, somewhere on the edges. <laughs> He's standing on the sidelines waiting for you, the love to start showing up. Because when God starts showing up, love's going to show up through us. So we can limit God. In fact, the Bible talks about that in Psalms. Israel, they limited the Holy One of Israel. Yes, they limited God. We can limit God by not allowing ourselves to grow from the inside out. And when we get it in the inside, it's not contrived. You gotta, I got to think about doing this and doing that and saying it that way. It comes out. It's just who you are now. Yeah, you're a more loving person. It's who you are now. Yet we can still get hurt and offended throughout our, our journey. But then you get healed. You ask God to forgive you. You forgive your, your friend, your neighbor, and you trust God. He's your source not people. God's your source, not people. When you understand that, so you don't get all uptight and nervous. You just trust God. Okay, no problem. God, he'll take care of me. He'll take care of you too. He, he got us both. That's love. Let's go on. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. There is no fear in love. This is huge. See, when God shows up, and he begins to, we begin to mature and reflect these, these attributes of love in our life, God is saying there is no fear in love. Wow. So maybe that's one reason why some people don't have stronger faith. They're fearful. They have not perfected their love walk. 
Think about this. We just read, there's no fear in love. And I'm in fear a lot. Yeah. Well, maybe because we lack the love. If we walk a lot in fear. Let's read it again. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. It drives it away. It's like going into a nighttime, you turn on the lights in a, in a, in a dark room, the lights come on, boom. Wow. Darkness is not negotiated. I don't want to leave right now. I'm going to wait 10 more minutes. No, it is instantly gone. Yeah. When you start letting love show up, fear goes away. Yeah. Fear goes away. And this is important because we want, that's how God operates so we can start believing God and trusting God to do great and mighty things, even to mend relationships in our lives. I'm over with him. I'm over with her. No, you wouldn't say that if you let the love start bubbling up and you listen to the Holy Spirit talk to you. I recall a friend of ours, she shared some you know, intimate situation, situation about her and her husband some years ago. And she shared how she was mad at him, had an argument. And uh, she said, I hate you. I hate him. And she began to walk away. And the Holy Spirit says, no, you don't. <laughs> Now, she had a choice. She had a choice to believe how she felt on the flesh rather than believe what God spoke to her out of her, out of her into her spirit. Yeah, from the Holy Spirit. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, 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 no. God is with us, my friend. He wants to do great things in us. And when she realized that she really, she, she, she's mad at her husband, I understand did something stupid, what have you. And she felt like that, but she corrected herself because once you start saying it and believing it, now she acts like she doesn't love her husband and he doesn't love her. Next thing you know, the marriage is, is dissolved or at best, they're just living in different rooms, different parts of the house and you got strife and the wrong spirit there. People settle. Sometimes Christians settle. Don't settle. Grow. Yeah. Don't settle where you are today. Grow, grow, and, and key piece, the word of God and the Holy Spirit. I'm putting emphasis on the Holy Spirit because he's the one that brings the power. Yes, there's power in the word. Don't, just, don't, don't, don't get, me, get it twisted. But if you don't have the help of the Holy Spirit, think about how important Jesus announced. I'm anointed. He was full of the Holy Spirit. He's our example. And we don't need to be full of the Holy Spirit. We don't need to be empowered like he yeah, he's our example. He was able to be all he was on the earth, an example for us because he walked in the power and he was full of the Holy Spirit. When we're not, and not embracing him, allowing him to work through us, then God, literally God is not able to work through us. Look at another passage. Look at Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. So the common way of saying it, you reap what you sow. And people talk about, they understand it kind of intellectually, but I really wonder oftentimes do they really understand it when they allow themselves just to kind of do certain things that can be detrimental to their lives and lives of others. Those they're sowing seeds. Thoughts are seeds. Words are seeds. And clearly, actions are seeds. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, keeps us in the love vein. 
flowing with God. And the Holy Spirit will help guide us. The Bible said he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. Yeah. Verse 8. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. So when you sow to the flesh, that's words, I hate you. I don't like them. They're not a good person. Boom, boom, boom. And then you're going to reap from that sooner or later. Yeah. Sooner or later. And it's not good. So I want to encourage you, think about the kind of seeds we're sowing. Read it again. Verse 8. Galatians 6, verse 8. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Wow. Notice, sown to the Spirit. Sown to the Spirit. He's talking about your inward man, the real you on the inside. You're sowing into your own spirit. What you read and what you see and what you believe what you embrace, and in particular, the role of the Holy Spirit when you begin to follow his way, how he operates in our lives. One is worship and praying in other tongues. We'll talk about that in more detail in particular next, next time. Because when we pray in tongues, he edifies. We get edified. We get built up, strengthened. We all should ask ourselves, what are we sowing into our Spirit, man, the most, the most on the daily basis. In other words, what are you sowing into yourself the most on a daily basis? <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes turn off the television. See good things. Think on good things. That's what it says in Philippians 4. Think on these things, and they're all good. Lovely, good report. Focus on that. See the, see the good, even in some of the bad. See the good. Focus on that. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power. That's what we need on the inside. The Holy Spirit brings it. You shall receive power after, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. I want to focus on you will receive power when, King James says, after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Wow. Wow. Power. Holy Spirit, power. Destroy yokes. Destroy bondages. They have kept us in bondage. Yeah. That's what we need, the help of the Holy Spirit. You get God's power, my friend, when you receive the Holy Spirit. We get God's power. It comes with him. <laughs> I'm not sure about this Holy Spirit stuff and this tongue talking and all that. I love Jesus. I love God. Don't diss the Holy Spirit, my friend. When you get and receive and embrace the Holy Spirit, you get and embrace the power of God. Yeah. God does everything on earth through the Holy Spirit. They're one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Don't make the Holy Spirit a stepchild because you may not understand it. I'll be talking more about that, give you better understanding and some resources Help you grow in this area because without it, you'd be a good person, have good intentions, but if you don't grow in the inside and let it come out, you'd be very limited and be very disappointed in your life as well, even as a Christian. 
It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. One final passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, beginning in verse 2. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. You know, your future is considered a mystery to God. And you allow the Holy Spirit to pray through you a prayer that you should know about praying, but you don't know because we're limited. So he prays on our behalf to bring forth God's purpose. So you begin to speak to God about these. God calls them mysteries. We're speaking mysteries. Not mysteries we can't figure out. One day we will walk in and live in it. Your future career, your future husband, your future wife. What your children should be. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. When you start praying in tongues, God will begin to give them a purpose and what, what he has, had in store for them because that's full of, it's in your house. Not strife, not confusion, but the spirit of God moving and, and allowing you and your, and your wife or just who you are as a single person to speak to God and God will start using you to minister to people that are in your home, your neighborhood, your job, and various parts of the earth. God uses people through the Holy Spirit to speak his, their, God, his will to him that he can respond to it. God is waiting for us to talk to him. But sometimes we don't know what to say. We think we do. No. He said he wants to do far beyond what you ask or think. It's not even on our radar what God has in store. He's not knocking what you think and what you want on your own. But God says, I got something better than that. If you let the Holy Spirit work through you. So when you speak in tongues, notice what it says in verse 2. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men but unto God. That's important. You're not talking to people. So don't, why be bothered with what it, what it sounds like? You're talking to God. The sounds kind of gibberish, whatever it sounds like, you start get started, and you start relaxing, you, it becomes more articulate. But in the beginning, it's kind of maybe awkward for you. I get it. But you're talking to God. If God can handle it, let him handle it. Is he the one that created tongues? Not man. It's his idea. And it's designed to strengthen us and release God's wisdom, God's purpose through the help and the role of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And we need him now more than ever. Yeah. And if those of us who are already filled with the Holy Spirit speaking tongues, making sure you be consistent with it. Especially now, we need to walk in God's wisdom, God's direction. We need all the help that the Holy Spirit delivers to us and in our lives and in those around us as he operates through us. Yeah, and love is a key piece of that. It's, it's flowing through love, yeah, because God is working the whole thing through the Holy Spirit. So if, if love not there, God desires, he's trying to answer prayer, but he can't because he got all this other stuff in the way. Yeah, for God is love. Money is funny, look at the love piece. Yeah, money is funny, can't keep a job, look at the love piece in your life. Yeah, I pray, but guess what? The prayer's not going nowhere. If you got a lot of strife and envy and, and anger and all kind of stuff and not talking to people no more, avoiding folk, come on. That should not be mentioned among us as Christians. Yeah. So rather than be, be, feel bad, just do better. <laughs> Don't feel bad, do better. Say, I'm going to do better. Yeah, almost finished. Verse 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. 
He that speaks in an unknown tongue, edify, that word edify, it means to build up. It means to strengthen. That's why we as a church, when I found, got filled with the Holy Spirit, I learned, I get edified, I pray daily, I pray in tongues. It's a, not just a habit, it's, it's a discipline that I have in my life. And many here in this church and other churches that embrace this ministry. Now, some just want to do it because they get excited and get emotional. Okay, that's fine, no problem. Excited, blessing God, no problem. But the discipline is just walking or, or sitting down. And let God just speak to you. Let me share this with you. Some years ago, we had an all-night prayer meeting. And we had one of our missionaries that, were there, that was there. At that time, he was not one of our missionaries. He was a friend. And he had came from Pakistan, came to the United States, called God, got saved in Pakistan, came to the United States, received the call of ministry, and so he liked it here, like a lot of people like it in the United States. And God started dealing with his heart about going back to Pakistan. He said, nah, I don't want to do that, God. I, don't want, I like it here. I can minister here too. And so uh, I'm speaking in tongues. I'm leading prayer. And I start speaking in tongues. You know, I don't, I'm not speaking to me either. I don't know what I'm saying. I, by, by faith, I'm speaking to God. So when I speak in tongues, I'm talking to God, not to men. Later on, some years later, he came back to visit again, and we're sharing some testimonies. He came back and shared his testimony, what happened some years later, maybe about seven or eight, nine years later. You know what he said? He said, Bishop, I wasn't Bishop then, I was Pastor. He said, Pastor Red, when you were praying that one late all-night prayer, you began to speak in, a, in, a, in my Taliban language. I didn't know it was a Taliban. I never heard of Taliban until after 9-11. <laughs> he said, you spoke in my perfect Taliban dialect of my tribe. And, and as I said, so he began to talk about what God said. God starts talking to him from, from me, talking in tongues. Yeah. And he began, I began to tell him, God's talking through me. I'm just yielding to it. God's talking to me, to him, that he is to go back and minister to his own people because he wanted to be saved. Now, he still has a home here, but he's back and forth, but he's mostly in, in Pakistan doing a wonderful work in ministry. He said, well, I thought no man understands him. Well, generally you're not talking to people, talking to God. But the gifts of the Spirit, tongues and interpretation, he got it. You know, on the day of Pentecost, there are people from all over the known world, like all nations. It's like, it's like the Olympics, so to speak. All nationalities. And the outpouring of the Holy Spirit began to move and it began to fall. And the Bible says, they heard those preachers, those Christians speak in tongues in their own language. Yeah. They heard them speak. Now, he didn't say they spoke. He just said, I understood what you said. Yes, 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 yes. I understood what they said in my own language. What were they saying? The Bible says they start talking about the wonderful works of God. The wonderful works of God. And when you allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you to God, he'll bring forth the wonderful works he has in store for your life. Yes. <laughs> he'll start talking about the wonderful career and family and legacy he has in store for your life. The wonderful works of God. Yes. See, sometimes we wonder, how come God not doing more? Start praying more in tongues and listen to what he says. You start giving birth to the wonderful works of God in your life and in the lives of others. 
Yes. The wonderful works, the things that God wants to get done in the lives of people in the earth. So when we shy away from speaking in tongues because, you know, we don't know enough about it, no, go deeper, and I will teach you more specifically and offer you a resource next time how you can tap into it. Amen. It says here, verse 4, He that speaks in an unknown tongue edify or builds himself up, for he that prophesies edifies the church. And so, my friend, without the help and power of the Holy Spirit, there is much we cannot do. There is much we cannot do in life because he works from the inside out. Too often we, well, I, I felt the spirit. Okay, you may have sent, sent something. I'm not knocking that. I'm not, you know, discrediting that. But you want to have him working on the inside. Yeah. Some of that is kind of destroying and, and, and purging things out that should not be there. Helping you understand God's way. And core to his way is love. Love. Beloved, let us love one another. For lovers of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. 